This is Mike and Dory, and welcome to Mentally Speaking. We're back to podcasting. Yay. How does it feel? It feels like we're back on the radio again. With our deep voices that were meant for radio. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, what are we doing? We're, we're changing things up a little bit. Yeah, we, I mean, we want to continuously talk about different topics, but it's all going to come down to how it's affected our mental health and how mental health affects our view of, you know, these different things and such, because mental health is a big issue that a lot of people want to talk about, especially during, you know, gun tragedies. They want to blame mental health on that. And to an extent, some of it is, but... There's a lot of people out there like us that have, what is it? Depression. Yeah, but the, the main name, the MDD. It's just depression, but it's major depressive disorder. Thank you. But it's just depression. No, and it's major anxiety. depressive disorder and anxiety. There's a difference between having depression and major depression uh, disorder. sure? I thought so. I was only diagnosed with clinical depression. Yeah, but I think it's been renamed Major Depressive Disorder. But anyway. It's still just depression. Ugh. But depression is so much more than just depression. It's anxiety mixed in there sometimes. A lot of times. It's more than depression. It's major. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is major. Agreed. Hence why it's a problem. Yes. That you should not be ashamed of. Well, no, because, you know, everybody has some sort of issue. Nobody's 100% sane. So what is depression to you? It's this overwhelming sadness that makes you feel like you're nothing. And that you're just deep in this abyss where you can't find any joy in doing the things that you used to do. Um, An overwhelming dread. Yes, an overwhelming dread, mm -hmm. an overwhelming sense of, you know, everything's going to hell in a handbasket, and you just have to sit there and watch it burn, because you can't, you feel helpless against it. Mm -hmm. And overwhelming feelings of empathy, where you feel for, you know, all of these different people, and you hate the situations that they're in. But again, you feel helpless in doing anything, even if you give if your time or your money, you still feel this overwhelming sense of helplessness. But is empathy really a part of depression? It can be. If you are one that has strong empathy, yes. But I don't feel like the two go together. Empathy makes depression worse if you are an empathetic type of person. But I don't think if you're depressed, or have depression, you're going to have... No, you're not empathy. necessarily going to have empathy just because you have major depression or, you know, and or anxiety. It's just, for me, though, I have, and, you know, and I'm very, what's the word? Um, in tune to feelings of yeah. people. And, you know, when they're sad... I get sad. Yeah, I do that. And 
just sometimes you're just sitting there and it's not even like anything going on in the world at that moment that could be bad and you just feel alone yeah so, you want um, to be alone but you can't you want to be with people on that note do you think that depression and anxiety kind of always go together i kind of feel think, like anyone that has anxiety is going to have a little bit of depression i and think maybe they even do vice versa I think they do kind of go hand in hand, mm -hmm. mainly because when you're depressed, you're worrying needlessly, or sometimes honestly, over things. And then um, you get this overwhelming sense of, well, I'm supposed to be doing stuff. You know, I'm an able-bodied person. Or even if you're a disabled person, you're supposed to be up and running and doing this and taking care of that. And so because you don't want to, you don't feel like you can, it causes anxiety and depression. Yep. I agree with that. So what is depression to you? Same thing. Overwhelming sadness, dread, the lack of desire to do anything, to look forward to anything, the the lack of desire to want to continue mm -hmm. going through this. Um, I think we're all kind of, when you die, you can't go down from here. You can only go up. <laughs> it can't get much worse. So, I mean, an anxiety to me, I don't think is as bad as typical anxiety disorder is. I don't, have anxiety attacks and stuff like that, like some people do that are just completely um, paralyzing, debilitating. Mm -hmm. It's much calmer for me. Not saying it's any less or anything like that, but my anxiety is different than what I've heard true anxiety attack and disorder can be. Yes. Mine is more of a dread and a overwhelming for lack of a better way of putting it, don't want to do it. Well, it's kind of like the feeling that if you do it, it'll be wrong. And if you don't do it, it'll be wrong. The, you know, the damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of feeling. Or a feeling that something's going to go wrong when you do it. Right. Like, just the anxiety of going somewhere new. You're worried something's going to go wrong in the process of getting there. My anxiety goes through the roof on that one. Yep. Because I don't... It's the whole new place, you know. What is it going to be like? Who's there? How do I get there? Am I going to miss a turn and be late? Or... And all of this goes through my head, and that's what kind of causes me to have anxiety. And then it gets worse when it's, I got to take the kids somewhere new. And it gets worse when you don't know what to expect, like jury duty. <laughs> that was one of the worst for me. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, bad? Bad. Yeah, it was it was so bad it went bad. <laughs> um and I feel like, you know, we wanted to talk about not only us having depression and anxiety, um, but how it affects us is important because not many people talk about how it affects marriages. You know, how do we affect each other's moods? Or 
um, family, kids, parents. Are, yeah. Or, you know, how do we act with our in-laws because of our depression and anxiety? There's a conversation. <laughs> We've discussed it before in our previous um, podcast episodes. One of them, I think. We didn't delve into great detail. No. We because, talked about in-laws and our feelings towards them, but not really the mental health aspect of it all. Right. And that's also where some of anxiety comes in is, um, you know, dealing with in-laws and having to make sure that everything is perfect for them type of idea. Yeah. And it's not always necessarily that you have to make it perfect. It's just this feeling that you have to. And that if you don't, then, you know, they're going to judge you. And So before we go too far into in-laws and that discussion, let's talk about us, marriage, and all that. When we first got married, when we first got together, I think you knew I had depression. That's I knew before. Because that's what we had talked about long before. I knew Your... when we first, not long after we first met, because I was one of the first people you told. Your depression was not quite so uh, known. Right. You probably knew it, but you didn't talk about it. You had never gotten help, nothing like that. Right. So I wasn't quite as aware of it. Of course, I saw signs of maybe something there, but that was it. So with that being said, when you first started talking to me, when you knew I had depression, when you knew I had as big of a problem as I did, mm -hmm. uh, for <laughs> to sound really stupid, how did that make you feel? <laughs> did that concern you going into the relationship? Did you know what to do? Did you, were you worried that you weren't going to know how to handle it? No, honestly, maybe I'm arrogant and just stupid about it. But to me, I kind of felt like I could handle it, that it would be fine. Is it different than you expected <clears throat> 23 years later? It's kind of, but not Totally. I mean, I didn't think much about it. I just thought of it as it's a part of who you are. And I didn't notice it too much once we first got together because, you know, things were different. We were trying to get in settled and it, so it kind of caused a different dynamic for your anxiety and depression. I think my depression was the worst when I was in college when we first met. Yes. Met. And then it got better. And Well, actually, you were in high school. Remember? Well, yes. But I think when I left for college and that whole time, yes, was the worst. <laughs> yes. But then it got a little better through the years and then kind of gone back and forth since then. Yep. And since then, that's kind of when we realized your issues. Yeah, and... It exacerbated my issues, I guess you could say. Like, it brought them to the forefront because we knew better what to look for because of making sure that you were okay. Did I make you depressed? <laughs> no. Oh. You just made me realize I was. You made me realize that, you know, all those years of wanting to sit in my room alone and isolated away from everything to just stare out the window for hours was kind of a hint. That's not normal people thing to do. 
No. Not really. Mm. I mean, it kind of is because you're you're a teenager, but at the same time, you're not supposed to necessarily just want to sit there and not do anything else in your life other than, you know, watch a leaf fall. I didn't want to get up a lot of times and, you know, do my chores or deal with things growing up. No. Part of that's being a kid. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, nobody wants to do their chores. Mm -mm. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. I'm sure there's some weirdos out there that are like, yay, chores. But um, <laughs> I was not one of those kids. Um, but I have to say that when we first got together, neither one of us really showed signs of our depression. I think it was kind of like the honeymoon phase. We were going through that figuratively and um, actuality. I think for me, I had gotten away from a lot of things that were triggering my depression. So when I did move in with you, it changed my uh, my mindset, mm -hmm. my mentality, and the emotions kind of changed with it. Changed, yeah. So it definitely helped my depression. Why? Why do you think that? Why do I think it helped? Mm -hmm. Or what made it help? Both. Well, I think it helped because I got away from everything that was causing it. Well, what I so thought you were running away it. from an issue. I think I ran away from some issues, and I ran to happiness. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I went after something I wanted and away from something that had been affecting me for many years. Right. But why Why do you think it helped, though? You know, why does... Because they always say you should never run away from your problems. I don't think it did now, looking back. <laughs> well, now! Because I'm no better, really. But at the time, it helped because I was... Distracted by, as you said, the honeymoon phase. Yes. I was distracted. But yeah, my depression is my depression then and it is now and it's all the same. Just maybe for different reasons or different triggers. Could be, yeah. And, you know, it's not to say that if you run away, now all of your problems will be solved and you'll be happy and nothing will ever be bad again. Because that's not how you cure any mental illness. Because mental illness cannot be cured. You know, when you have issues, you can't run away from them. You might be able to get away from them for a little bit, but they still pop back up. Yeah. Because something else will happen and it'll trigger it. So why? what made you realize that it was still there and bad? I have no idea when that happened, to be honest. But I think just the way I felt. <laughs> there came a point where the, the newness, the honeymoon phase wore off, and I felt that overwhelming sense of sadness and dread and everything else that depression is. And I think that's just kind of when I knew it came, it was back or it was bad again. How do you think it affected us? 
We're both very stubborn people. You don't and say. With depression, you're a very irritable person when you're in that depressed state when you're having, if, yeah, when you're depressed, <laughs> you're very irritable. So yes. Being two very stubborn people who won't lose, take loss, take no for an answer, and being two irritable people because of being depressed, I think it caused a lot of uh, tension. Is that the right word? Yeah. A lot of added tension and just kind of exacerbated small problems into prob bigger than they should be problems. Yes, because we both have tempers as well. Big shock, I know. But because we come off as very laid back, quite um, people. Mm. And, you know, we are. But we do have tempers. You know, mine is from being Irish, I'm sure. No, yours is from being your mother's child. <laughs> she has Irish in her. <laughs> my dad and my mom are... from your mother. It is not 100%. Yeah, I love your mother, but it's 100% <laughs> from your mother. Yeah, she's got a temper, too. It's the Irish temper. I mean, whew, she got it honest. I don't know where my temper comes from. I think it's because you're just... You're a big guy. And... Mm -hmm. I'm a big boy. <laughs> You're a big boy. But you get overly annoyed. Yours. Yes, I do. Your temper isn't necessarily quite as fiery as mine. In the, it's bad, don't get me wrong. It's, it's just different. You get annoyed and you get snippy. Are you saying you don't get snippy? <laughs> that's something to laugh at everybody it's <laughs> a big joke right there i didn't say i didn't get snippy i just mean that's how your temper is is that you get snippy but you're implying that yours is different yes so you don't get snippy i get snippy oh yeah you do it's just i'm getting snippy right now because you don't think you get snippy i'm not thinking i don't get snippy we are the the snippy buddies you're you're more snippy than I am. Depends on the situation. Sometimes. Depends on what we're talking about. Sometimes. Driving, yes. I am a snippy little bastard. Oh, good lord. Driving is totally different conversation. I mean, that that's not... I don't know what that is, but it's not the same. Breaking my phone? I wasn't trying to. Just because I don't like Apple doesn't mean I am trying to break your phone. But anyway... What were we talking about? Our tempers with each other <laughs> yeah. seem to not always mix very well. Uh, no. Um, we have very bad tempers. And well, why do you suppose we've made it through that? Because we're stubborn. Uh -huh. And, you know, you know you love me. I know I love you. And we know that we love each other. Do I know that? Yes. Do I really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted by sarcasm over there. Um, because we love each other and we're both stubborn, we just, we can't let go. We don't yeah. want to let go. We just keep on ticking. Yeah, and we work. Even though Usually. we both all 
they always work. It's just hmm. sometimes you, your attitude gets a little much. Okay, little angel over there. <laughs> um, we'll but, go with that. Yes. So how do you think that this temper of ours and our stubbornness affects our children and the way that we have raised, raised them? them? Um, well, well, I think it depends on the child. Yes. And one not name names. But, well, duh. Duh. <laughs> I wasn't planning on outing them. One has a tendency to kind of be a little timid towards us and doesn't necessarily want to. And takes things very personal. And literal. Mm -hmm. Overly literal, which is really annoying <laughs> because we don't necessarily. We have a tendency to talk in platitudes and metaphors and similes and things like that platitudes yes th th that's wow a term. that's fancy talk oh shut up just listen for yeah. all those who don't know what that means you will now explain the definition of platitudes no you would no because i'm one of those that don't know what that means so look it up <laughs> no <gasps> anyway continue what you were saying we're not um, same as similes and metaphors not quite but Based anyway in the context of your sentence it's basically you know, we talk in these different ways, and we're very sarcastic growing up. Sorry about the Halloween sounds. But that person is kind of, like, timid around us, though. Yeah. That one seems very scared of getting in trouble. I don't want to say scared of us, because, of course, they know we would never do anything like that, but they're very scared of, I guess, of our temper, of getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because, for some reason, um, we... But then our other one well, doesn't I mean, really... We don't get really angry, angry. And we never uphold our punishments. punishments. Yeah, you're real bad with that. <laughs> we both are. You're worse. We're pretty lenient parents. We're pretty easygoing. That other child that we have, that is not the one we first started talking about, does not let anything bother him, them, and is very chill. Yeah. Like, like everything much. just rolls off their back. Very much. A little too much. Almost scary so. Scarily so. I, sometimes I wonder if he's alive. Mm, yeah. Sometimes a little out of it. But we yeah. won't go into that. And then our other, our last son, child, daughter, child, human, from our loins. It's it is a, very... It is one of those things. <laughs> the mix of all of it. For the most part, he understands us, and then they sometimes don't, mm -hmm. but not to the extreme of the other two. Yes, and they're pretty good. I mean, they're all pretty good children. They're No, let me rephrase that. They're all extremely good children. They're extremely smart, and like one of them is really good at quips 
you know, when we're talking to them. And overall, they seem pretty happy, even though you and I are both kind of miserable shits. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yes, <laughs> we seem pretty happy on the outside. Well, yeah, I, don't I mean, think everyone who sees us would be like, damn, look at that miserable little fuck. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. No, it's not, but I'm just saying we have our tendencies to be extremely irritable, irritable, and sometimes it could be as simple as you went to work and then you came home irritable. I wouldn't say that's unusual. It's, I'm not saying it's unusual. I'm just saying... I think most people are irritable after work and all the little shits that they have to deal with all day. Yes, but there's... And people I work with are not little shits. I love you all. No. <laughs> Nobody we work with are shits. It's just... Sometimes the clash of personalities just kind of... Very much. And... When you're a person who has anxiety and depression, you have a tendency to internalize a lot of things, too, that really shouldn't be internalized. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean you. Right. And we can't help but take it that way. So when we take it that way, we bring it home. Mm -hmm, you know, nice. some people are really good at being able to, you know, that's at work. I'm going to leave it at work. When I come home, we're good. Yeah. We can't do that. It depends on the situation. Some things we can. Mm. Some things we don't. No. But it affects us differently, I think, than, for lack of a better way to put it, normal people who don't necessarily suffer mm -hmm. from anxiety disorders or, mm -hmm. you know, any type of mood disorder. Yeah, definitely different. No doubt. No doubt. But where were you going with that? With the kids, bringing home sadness, irritability in the kids. What I said is that they're extremely happy. Yeah. And they're very smart and they're very good kids. Do you think it bothers them that we do that? Yes. Do you think it affects them? Yes. I mean, um, every little thing that you do will affect somebody, especially those that are closest to you. That was deep. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank you. Sometimes my brain actually works and comes up with profound stuff. That's pretty good. That's like nice little philosophy or some shit. <laughs> but it's true. You know, every little word that you say, every gesture you make, um, Every move you take. Uh, I'm not going to be watching you. you take. No, I'm not going to be watching you. Um, I guess we should give credit to police for that. <laughs> you just did. But yeah, so Let's there you go. go not our words, <laughs> but um, we affect other people. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, our personalities as stubborn, hard-headed, um, sarcastic people kind of butt heads because you're irritable and then you kind of start me up or I'm irritable and I start you up. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll affect our children greatly. 
and what keeps them so happy? I think because of the fact that we're laid back. And even outside of us. I mean, what what is it about a child, probably? That's probably what it is. But what is it about a child that can kind of see past their parents' fuck-it-up-edness and live, well, sometimes, not always, but closer to a normal life, even though they watch their parents going through all this shit? Why aren't they always affected and brought down from it? I mean, I know some are, and I would say one of ours was, but I think in general, kids can kind of look past that and not let that bother them. I think children in general have a tendency to take everything they see and hear and process it. Some can process it better than others. And I think that's kind of where it lies is that how do you process it? For instance, um, one of ours had issues um, that culminated into a disaster <laughs> kind of thing. Um, for, but because of that, though, we were able to then figure out for them what made them happy, what made it better for them. Mm -hmm. And... I think also because we're brutally honest with our children, when they ask us a question, we don't hem and haw. Um, we may joke around at first, but we tell them the answer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how they kind of, how it helps them find happiness. How it helps them, you know, not be hung up so much on our issues. You know, we, we tell them, we don't tell them everything, of course. There, there's certain things that they just don't need to know yeah. about how we feel or think or of course. and such. Um, because that's just, that's personal mm -hmm. type of thing. Yeah. And you should keep a little bit to yourself so that you have a self. Right. And that you're not becoming one with the other person. Because that would just be disgusting. I don't want to be part of you. That would be weird. Yeah, I mean, you, you would look kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Because you're tall and I'm short. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You kind of got off topic there. Would you like you to were go just back? sitting there. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for you to go back to what you were getting at to finish your train of thought. Anyway, <laughs> just because of all of that, I think is why our children are happy. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? That's why that, I asked. I yeah. really don't know. But what do you I think mean, that we're doing? That you know, so many people ask us. We should write a book. Mental illness is hereditary, so it's not too surprising that at least one of them had problems. Mm -hmm. I think our laid-back mentality has definitely helped our children. The fact that when they get in trouble, we're not superbly assholey to them we try not to be and if we are it's just it's gone the next day and everything's fine we don't do anything dramatic in punishment just may talk to them or yell at them and then everything's good we don't stick to our punishments and we can't we're terrible when, about that. when we're not mad at them when they're not in trouble we are um, probably not but 
in my opinion, were fun to be around. We're the cool <laughs> parents. I'm sure that they would strongly disagree with that. Well, yeah, because we were their parents. But like the times we spend nights watching movies together or TV together, mm-hmm. we all laugh, we joke, we have fun, and, and we I let them be themselves. Like that, things like that really affect how they feel and are overall. But we let them be themselves too. Right. You know, we don't restrict them. We don't make them feel like they have to act or speak a certain way. I mean, uh, yes, we want them to of. speak proper English to an extent, well, but we don't let them go crazy either. Well, yeah, I mean, they speak well, properly, and actually better than we do sometimes. <laughs> they speak res- respectfully, at least around yeah. us. I don't know how they are with their friends. Well, based on what I've heard, not very. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, they say they're curse words, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to restrict them from it, mm-hmm. at least not around me. They're all teenagers at this point, so no. I, the only thing, you know, we've asked is they don't do that around their grandparents, just out of respect. And but Younger, not around us, but yeah. now they're at an age where they know or have a better sense of what's right and wrong. Yes, and we continuously tell them what's right and wrong we explain to them you know what happened in x just isn't right or what happened and y is a perfect example of how you should be Mm -hmm. and you know i'm not saying that this is the end all and be all of all parent parenting because it also depends on the child you know some children would not at all (laughs) work well with how we are. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. And, you know, some children just couldn't, wouldn't be able to handle the structure that we have, which is we kind of don't have a structure. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of go with the flow. We have our own little structure. Yes. I mean, our structure is no structure because we go with the flow. We just, it depends on the situation and who it is and, what's going on in our lives versus theirs. And we just kind of got lucky. They were raised that way from childhood. They didn't know any better. So I'm not even sure it was luck. I think it was just, that's their environment. So they knew it. I think any child that starts from day one in a certain environment's going to learn and understand and be okay with that environment. Also, Speaking of day one, I always, you know, carried them around with me. They would be in little sacks or whatever those things were called back then, little baby Bjorns. Um, and I would vacuum with them strapped to my chest or um, clean with them. And I just, I always made sure that when they were babies, they were coddled and they were, you know, with me. And against me so they could feel my warmth and that I was, you know, there. And they got a lot of Wendy's. It was right down the street. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> and every child loves their McDonald's and Wendy's. Yes. And, and, you know, I think that also helped the foundation there too. Is that by doing that, they knew I was always there. And we've made it clear that we're always there for them. Yeah. They, I mean, they might screw up. We might not be happy that they screwed up or, you know, whatever the screw-up is, but we still are going to be there. And Mm -hmm. we also made it clear that 
if you do something bad, we love you, but we're turning you in. <laughs> kind of thing. So I think maybe that kind of helped too, is the fact that they know we have, that they have our unconditional love. Of course. That helps 100%. And that's important, you know, I think, to ensure, ensuring happy children. You know, I, I'm i sure they have their issues that we haven't discovered yet because they're teenagers. We're mommy and daddy. Mommy does, and daddy aren't supposed to know. Does anyone love their... Everyone loves their parents, but does anyone really, like, love everything their parents have done? I think everyone no. has an issue with what their parents have done. Of course. I've got issues. You've got issues. And I know for a fact our kids complain about us to their friends at times, mm -hmm. especially one of them mm -hmm. whose name shall not be mentioned. The child who shall not be named. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we know that we're not perfect. Well, and, I'm pretty close. But no, mm -hmm. and no, not even close. And we try very hard, though, to make sure that our children are, are happy, you know. And I think also um, what makes a difference is, is that because, I guess, we're on the lower end <laughs> of uh, money and all that stuff, and even though it bothers us that we're poor-ish, we don't dwell on it. Like, it's not the end-all and be-all of life. So we find other things to occupy our time. We find other things. And we still manage to do what we need to do for them. Yeah. Regardless. We find our ways. It's hard. It's been hard. But we find our ways. And I think, honestly, that that makes us, in a way, able to raise better adjusted children who understand that shit happens. Mm-hmm. And that you just pull together and... At least I hope they understand that. Well, I'm pretty positive one does. <laughs> um, understands that shit happens and you move on. You mm -hmm. keep going. You pull your shit together and you rally the troops and you, you know, get going. Yep. I'm pretty sure the other two know, too. Because they've watched us do it yeah, many probably. times. Still, I mean, they may be dunderheads at times, lovable dunderheads. <laughs> um, dunderheads. Yes. Wow, I just made you a dunderhead by saying that. <laughs> Maybe so, but still, you know what I mean. Um, there are our dunderheads. Yes, they are cute little dunderheads. And actually quite brilliant. Sometimes it's scary, some of the things that they can do. Mm -hmm. I said cute, not smart. I mean, they are smart. But... Yes, I know you said cute. I'm saying they are quite smart. Mm -hmm. And it's scary at how they can do certain things. You know, one is, two of them actually seem to be tech geniuses. Mm -hmm. And one's a math genius, it seems. I don't know about genius, but he's, he's good. Well, he can calculate big-ass things in his head. Well, this was a good little first episode. I think we should 
first part two. Let's start to <laughs> wrap it up. Yeah. Okay, so wrap it up. Okay, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're listening, give us five stars or a like, whatever. I'm out of touch. I haven't done this in a while. But do yeah. all that good stuff that you do and make us look good. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or questions questions or suggestions, um, leave us a comment somewhere. I'll put uh, social media links in the description so you can leave us comments there. And this will be an ongoing discussion about mental illness as a parent, as a couple, as an adult, and how it affects everything. How it affects our lives, how it affects our kids' lives, our families' lives. Even our politics, you know, everything. mm -hmm. Not sure we'll talk about politics, but yes, how it affects everything. Well, I mean, politics of just our dynamics, the politics of, you know, work and things like that. There's there's politics in everything. Yes. Not just, you know, who's president politics. Mm -hmm. So I hope you all enjoy it. And we will, we should address our little vacation, I guess you could say. Vacation? Yeah, where we disappeared for a little bit. Uh, sure. <laughs> we can address our air quotes vacation. <laughs> that's, Just... what, that's what you can look forward to next week. Yes. Until then, thank you for listening and have a good night. A happy Halloween. Woo! Boo.